It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Done Being Single. Welcome. And th- that's, that applause is, well, it's for us. But you know what? It's for our listeners because they are human and they are like us and we are like them. We don't have any canine listeners? Uh, we have some dogs. <laughs> if you know we, what I mean. Well, I, I actually do know what you mean. Okay. Yes, because but, uh, <laughs> not those kind of dogs. No? No, oh. of the horny variety. Oh, okay. Which I love. We have some right. of those too. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> once again, we are thinking outside the box here at Done Being Single. We are. Because even though we are a dating and relationship show, we are so much more. And the applause is for you, our listeners, that tune in weekly, hopefully, to get better skills and tools to live better and date better. Weekly, W-E-E-K. Yeah. Uh, And today is no exception because we are going to be talking about my least favorite subject, but something that's near and dear to my heart, choking under pressure. It's actually one of my favorite subjects. Well, which but is it's, your least favorite well, or your favorite? Well, it's my least favorite experience because I have choked. I know that feeling and in, in an athletic capacity. And, well, and you know me. This is not, we're talk, not talking athletics I, here. Choking no, is a part of it's a, it's life. It's a human um, response. We all choke. It, we, everyone chokes. And we, and in terms of subject matter for the show, you know, we... We try to find things that it's universal and that everybody can relate to. And I think everybody, everybody can relate to choking under pressure. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, I love to kind of, when I say think outside the box, I like to to bring other subjects, like a lot of stuff having to do with sports and and kind of, I don't know, tailor it for dating, because I think there's a lot of crossover between dating and sports or dating and fitness, dating and self-improvement, dating and personal growth, dating and personal development. It's all related. Right? It's really all related, because who you are on the court is who you are in life. Who you are dating is who you are, you know, it's it, it's all interconnected. Correct? Would yes. you say that? Right. If you can choke in life... You can choke in dating, you can choke in business, you can choke anywhere. So the objective here is to recognize how not to choke. Yeah. And what's that going to take? Yeah, and why do we choke? I know, I mean, I have choked sometimes on the tennis court, even on the volleyball court. I've choked, I've done all kinds of sports, and I know the feeling, and there is, there's a reason. There's psychology behind is it. There's science behind anxiety? it. anxiety? Yes. Which, by the way, that's a sexual term people it, use, but it is, it's more than that. Is yes, it, performance anxiety. Is it fear of success? It is that, too. We, yes, it's, it is all of that, and we are going to get into Fear of more. failure is probably more of a comfort zone than fear of success. But you, if you are caught in that purgatory in between, 
you will achieve neither, I don't think. True. And I've also, I've choked in dating too. I've choked in my relationships. I mean, I do know why I did. There were times when I wanted it so much. I was so... You wanted it more than the reality could present itself to be. Right. I mean, when you come from a place of fear or inadequacy, that is not a good... Why did you come from a place of fear or inadequacy? Because there were times when I was just, I don't know, single and and down. Hungry. Yeah. For love, hungry for a relationship, and really wanted to make it work with the person that you were with. Yes. I was not coming. There were most of the times I was a confident dater, but I will admit that there were plenty of times where I did not come from a place of power when I was out there dating. Well, maybe particularly in my late 40s, ultimately felt that when you were with somebody that you wanted to be with, but maybe you ultimately felt that this was not the person you wanted to be with, that you could have choked in a self-sabotaging way to bring out things that wouldn't normally come out if you didn't show these things. So I'm just... Yeah, well, that's what a losing streak will do to a person. Hmm. Okay? So think of it in athletic terms, which is what I do all the time. I think of life in athletic terms. And yeah, if you're on a losing streak, I don't care if it's business. I don't care if you've had a string of deals that you haven't closed or clients that you haven't satisfied or, you know, games that you haven't won or dates that haven't gone anyplace. It can be incredibly, you know, disheartening. A bad streak is hard to break. Right. And then that psychologically sets you up for more pressure and more nervousness, which then... Just as it just does not bode well for anything. And in for life. someone like yourself who is into astrology yes. and moon voids and retrogrades. Yes. You're very conscious of streaks and bad streaks and you know, I remember in Bull Durham they say, you know, never fuck with a streak, a winning streak. You don't want to mess with that, you know. If you do a routine every time before you go out on the mound and you've been winning, you stay with that routine. Don't break that. Right. So I guess it has an adverse effect as well when things aren't going well. So you have to recognize a bad streak and figure out a way to stop it. Right. That's what this episode is going to do. It will help us, you and me, and everybody else listening to end the street, the losing streak. Are we on a bad streak? No. No, but it's good tools. It's good stuff. It's great. It's just great, you know, food for thought, for life. So, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I blew the last, say we were, you know, add in, right? We play a lot of mixed doubles, everybody. Mm -hmm. So, right, or maybe not even with you, but I I play on a team, a ladies doubles team. Oh, my God, there have been so many times at at add in where I blew the point because I wanted it to be over. I wanted to win so bad that I ended up, you know, shanking it. Tennis is a a very interesting uh, analogy for our life. But at the same time, while we are excellent life partners, we're not the best tennis partners. Well, that's a, that's admit. another episode. But, but this is something that we have different approaches to the game, and we have very different styles. And I okay, understand. Yes. And and so because of all this, you know, we have we may have issues with each other's game a little bit sometimes. But um, yeah, but we both want to win. But we had a great comeback last weekend, didn't we? Y- yes, 
But the, the bottom line is you want to win. You want to be successful. You want to be in love. You want to have a relationship. You know, there are the things that people want in life really, really badly. And who doesn't want to be a success in whatever? I don't know who doesn't. How do you attain your goals Without I, need, I, need to, I need to say that. Okay. You know, we, we were down love four. Oh, okay. A little, uh, we were down, I'm going to blow a little, little bit. Uh, horn tooting. We, we were down love four and maybe love 30 as well. And all of a sudden, uh, we said one point at a time, one game at a time. And we came back. We won seven straight games and won the set seven five. Okay. So that was your approach. You know what? My, or that was your mm-hmm. psychology or your, you know, your thinking. Mm-hmm. Mine was uh, we have nothing to lose. Because this game, this set is not is not. We're gonna lose. We have nothing to lose. So you why I'm gonna play? Yes, I'm gonna play like I have nothing to lose. Right. And as a result, I was able to relax a little bit because I wrote it off. I already wrote it off. I thought we're gonna lose. There's no way. I never they thought were, that. I never thought we were going to lose. And I did. See, I did. Yeah. I was on to the next set. I was already mentally on to the next mm-hmm. set. I did not even. So I didn't give a shit anymore. So I played like, I actually played more relaxed and that is just about the key to everything that is the key to life resolving to a loss relaxes you yeah resolve and and kind of yeah it does it there's something to that there's something we process that i don't know how you get there or i kind of know how you get there but that's why we're doing this episode today because i have my own thoughts as a, a you know many 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 year dater and a many 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 years athlete i know kind of why i choke i kind of know what it takes and i know what it takes to uh, i know that relaxation at the end of the day is really crucial it's imperative to i think to any kind of success so i i think that we want to try to in in our show today recognize why we choke is it an insecure moment? Is it something that feel we may feel that we don't deserve to succeed? Yes, Can there's that. Can we close it out? Can, there's that. Do we know how to win? There's that. Do we not know how to win? How to close, so, baby. Yeah. So are we closers? Or, right. You know, right. Okay. So, but yes, you're hitting it. You got it. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> got it, my friend. Oh, that's uh-huh. hitting it. That's, that's choking. That's a different type of hitting it. Oh, my God. It's okay. all... You see, you see how I'm bringing this back? I'm bringing it back. Oh. Right? Right. Dating is life. Life is dating. Life is performance. Performance yes. is life. And we want everybody to achieve a winning attitude. Exactly. Because otherwise they will be... Right on. So we are going to go to our first break. Okay. But we do have a very interesting guest coming on. I'm, I'm really excited for this episode. Because it's so it's so personal to me. Because I've been that person. And you know what? I will continue to be that person. And, and I need more skills. Right? We both want things. We both want to, you know, achieve. Certainly. And accomplish. And why not get the edge? Why not get all of the tools we can? So this is going to be as much for us as it is for everybody else. Okay. Isn't that great? It is great. And that being said, we are going to take our first break. And then we're going to come back with our guest, Amy Dramus. And we are back. All right. 
Our woman of the hour is Amy Doremus. Amy is a licensed clinical psychologist who earned her doctorate and her master's in counseling at Adler University in Chicago. Amy specializes in working with adults with bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, trauma, personality disorders, and psychotic and dissociative disorders. Amy welcomes clients of every race, sex, gender, and religion. She also teaches psychology at Harold Washington College. Amy Doremus, come on down. Welcome Hi, to Dunning Single. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for being on. Okay, so you've been listening in. You heard our banter. And I know you relate, and this is what you do. And by the way, to for our listeners, I found Amy, uh, I was reading a fantastic article on joking under pressure, and Amy was quoted, and I love what she said, and I just love the whole attitude and um, thrust of the article because it obviously spoke to me. So that's how I found Amy. Wonderful. I reached out. So Amy, mm-hmm. tell us everything about choking under pressure, starting with the chemistry and psychology of why we choke under pressure. Okay, so there's kind of a a performance curve where a little bit of stress is good because it motivates you. Mm -hmm. You push yourself, but then you hit that point where you're under so much pressure that your body goes into fight or flight and you just want to run from the situation or you just freeze up and you can't do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So to really perform in any situation, you have to hit that kind of medium ground where you've got enough stress, enough anxiety to keep you on your game, but not so much that you go all the way into fight or flight and, you know, just go silent and run. Right. So like an example for me of a time when I choked, this is years ago, so I can tell stories on myself. This was like the 90s or something. I was in college and to my utter and complete surprise, the local extreme bad boy decided to choose that day to flirt with me. Never saw this coming. So he starts flirting with me in Shakespearean. So style for a college guy. I forgot the entire English language in any century, never mind Shakespeare's. Mm -hmm. Could not say a word. Fortunately, the stress nosebleed didn't actually start till he'd gone away. (laughs) (laughs) So there's kind of this thing where like, I hadn't had a chance to prep for this, no idea what he was gonna say. The stakes were high, cause this was, you know, somebody really hot. And I think I kind of had a thought in my head, you know, oh, I am punching way above my weight dating wise. This is not gonna happen. Right. So to start with chemically, when you're stressed, your brain uh, tries to produce chemicals to help you out. And that's a big part of where fight or flight comes from. So adrenaline is an upper, it's a stimulant. Same class of drugs as, for example, ADHD drugs, but a little bit different in its Mm. effects. So it helps you focus, it helps you concentrate, it gives you extra energy, extra strength. But like any upper, you can get a little bit too much of it and get buzzy and actually get to the point where you can't concentrate. Right, right. And then endorphins are opiates, they're Mm painkillers. So if you're actually in danger, or playing a sport and you get injured, that helps a lot because it helps you play through pain. Mm-hmm. But there's also point that point where like being a teeny tiny bit stoned at a high pressure moment, not necessarily good. Mm-hmm. And then the blood flow and the electrical activity in your brain kind of leave the thinking parts of your brain, the ones that would be able to make words when you want them to, yeah. or plan or strategize and go straight to the most primitive parts of your brain, like fear and aggression. And by the way, the part of the brain that controls the sex drive is pretty much next door to fear and aggression, and they share some brain cells, which pretty, pretty much explains about 90% of human history. Right. Sex, fear, and aggression are basically living next door and sharing space. <sighs> okay. 
That um, is interesting. Mm-hmm. That explains a lot about choking under pressure, especially when it comes to dating. So it, there's a fine line between what your brain is choosing to, what path to go on? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, like I said, is just that performance curve where some stress, some anxiety helps you out. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they're a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. They feel fear and they're like, they're like oh yeah, this is fun. Yeah, not me. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. I used to run track in high school, and mm-hmm. it was really stressful for me. I, I did it, and I was good at it, but the pre-race jitters were so uncomfortable and so unpleasant. You know, it really was... I didn't want to quit because of that, but it did end up working for me once the gun went off. I mean, you have no idea. I would get so nervous before a meet, I'd get nauseous, I'd be running to the toilet. I mean, nobody knew this, but um, but then you get to the starting line and your legs are like shaking and you go, oh no, I can't, I won't be able to do this. And then, you know, pow, gun goes off. And then all that energy starts somehow working for you. And it did, but it was awful. It was just a terrible feeling. And you get that when the stakes are high. And it wasn't like life or death for me it never is for people until it is mm-hmm. so i totally it feels get... like life or death if it's really important to you it does and i think mm-hmm. that's where people need to keep things in perspective mm-hmm. also i mean dating it is not life or death however with that said you knew the feeling when you know when you were in college when you saw that guy or you feel like oh i'm not you know i'm way out of his league or I don't know I can never get her. He's way out of mind. But and yeah. I so yeah right. So um, those feelings take over where you just feel like your whole your whole game is you lose your entire game because you're so nervous. Mm-hmm. Robbie Sharp's and- never felt that, of course, because Robbie was born with game. Well, <laughs> yes. Hmm. Lucky him. No, not true. I mean, I, my question, Amy, is what control does our id have? over the path that we take that with the words that come out of our mouth is this mm-hmm. is it a subconscious thing that we do that makes us say the wrong thing that puts us in a place where we almost feel like we have been hijacked internally and not want to be on the path that we should be on well it starts out unconscious a lot like in my case i'm trying to talk to a really attractive man and in that situation i couldn't do it At the moment, I wasn't thinking, oh, he is way out of my league. That was unconscious. It was a feeling that just affected my behavior. But once something becomes conscious, you can change it. So you use the word id, and you were spot on because, you know, in traditional Freudian therapy, the id is the part of us that loves pleasure and nothing else. Your id just wants to have fun. It's that Cyndi Lauper song from the 80s. Girls just want to have fun. And one of the best ways to not choke under pressure is to be able to have fun with something. Hmm. So you're trying to chat some with up somebody. You know, if you can joke, even you know, a little self-deprecating humor about yourself, or you can see somebody else about the that you like to joke with, or something about that situation is fun, then you're in much better shape because all that adrenaline, all those chemicals, all that extra energy, you know, goes toward having a good time. And you might still be nervous. It's not that it's going to get rid of all the fear. But like I said, with people who really like adrenaline, that can be, it can change the whole game. For example, yeah, you know, if ahead. you tend to choke when you're trying to talk to somebody, 
you know, think about what you're doing on dates, sitting across from each other at a coffee shop or restaurant might not be the best one, but doing something else. I know a guy who loves to play laser tag and he'll be fine on a first date if they go play laser tag or something else he likes to do. Mm -hmm. Because then he's got kind of a framework for having fun with that and that breaks through the pressure. But with that idea of making unconscious things conscious, you don't always know what you're thinking because so much of it might be cultural. It might be something you absorbed in childhood. It, you know, it could be birth order. Like, uh -huh. what was your relationship to your siblings? Um, how did you function in your family? Like, That's what was your role in that family? And that unconsciously is going to tend to come back to you in a lot of situations. Oh, please or, don't bring that up now. That's, or if you <laughs> had, the last thing I want to hear. Or if you had parents that were super tough on you mm -hmm. with, with unreasonable expectations. Mm -hmm. Or if you have perfectionistic thinking. Mm -hmm. do you Absolutely. Think, do you think that our, our mouths sometimes supersede our brains and they start talking before our brain is telling them what to say? Oh, God, yes. And Definitely. We, and that gets us in trouble, probably, mm -hmm. because then we have to then salvage or rethink what we just heard ourselves say and try mm -hmm. to make the best of it in some way where it really wasn't what we wanted to initially say. Mm -hmm. Am I getting too weird and deep here? No. No, no I, get, I think I get what you're saying. Like when you're trying to chat somebody up and you want to look attractive, so maybe you start flirting and you completely overdo it and say something really embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, over-efforting yeah. is a killer. Mm -hmm. That's why I go back to the relaxation thing. Uh -huh. Because it's just, if you're a guy at a bar and you're right, if you're so conscious of rejection, you're going to choke. If you're too consumed with being rejected... You're not, you know, be able to relax and just sort of go with it and say, okay, I'm going to just th throw caution to the wind here. You probably will choke mm -hmm. if you don't keep the fun in it. Yes. Well, speaking of the fun, we are going to take our second break right now and come back with more from Amy. Right back. And we are back. Okay. So, Amy, question about, let's talk about a little bit about uh, self-worth and mm -hmm. how that figures into the equation, because I think that, I think there's a, a few things that that add to choking. Self-worth, fear, obviously, mm -hmm. and, geez, and kind of self-loathing. You know, when mm -hmm. you feel that you are not worthy of someone or something great, and then you choke because of it. So backing up, I know that was, I'm, I'm known for my compound questions. My questions are kind of statements. Okay, so yeah, sometimes you can feel a lot of insecurity and again, you know, that can motivate you, but if it's too much, it can make you not try at all. Sometimes you're also overestimating what a certain situation says about you. You really hit it a few minutes ago before the break when you talked about, you know, how one date, you know, it's not life or death, mm -hmm. but we, uh, you know, we sometimes act as though it is, or in any situation, you overestimate what this says about you. If I get rejected, if this doesn't work out, that must be because I'm completely, you know, unattractive and undateable. Or if I don't get this one job that I kind of want, it must mean that I'm underqualified. I'm never going to get it. There's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things people do is they get all wrapped up in what it means about them. One date doesn't really mean anything about you because it's pretty typical to have to date a lot of people before you find one you really connect with. Or people overestimate what a particular date means about their future. Mm -hmm. You know, if I mess up this date, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. I'm never going to do all these things I wanted to do. So they're just putting this huge, huge weight on one date or, like I said, one game, one job interview to the point where it feels inside as though it totally defines you. 
Yeah. How do you stop that from happening? You just get a little perspective. Like with my students, we talk a lot about testing anxiety because a lot of classroom tests just aren't valid measures because the person might have known everything they were supposed to know the night before. But on the test, they get nervous and they choke. Mm -hmm. So we talk about it a little bit. What does this test actually mean about you? What does it say about you if you don't do well? What does it say about your future? If you don't do well on this test, are you a total failure and you're just going to, you know, die broke? Right. And those are some of the thoughts that are going through their head. But in truth, a test is just a measure of your knowledge in a certain area. That's all. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing it really means. Not what your future is going to be like, what your worth as a human being is. And like you said a few minutes ago, you know, if, if you're in a high pressure environment or your parents were very high pressure, then all of that is swimming around in your subconscious, trying to convince you that that test says everything about you as a human being. So how do we get ourselves off the ledge? How do you get a, a student about to mm -hmm. take a big test or a high school mm -hmm. kid before the SAT? Mm -hmm. How do you get them off the ledge? How do you, how do, how you, get, do you instill confidence in that person? How do you get them to, to breathe? Well, teaching breathing is good. Meditation, of course, there are different kinds. There's a safe space meditation that's easy to learn. You just don't know how much time you have on a particular test, but if you can even take a minute or two to just envision yourself someplace completely safe where nothing bad could happen to you. Mm -hmm. Or if you're more physical and athletic, you could try progressive muscle relaxation where you purposely tense up your muscles and then let them go. By tensing them up, you get control of the tension and then you can release it under control. The licensing exam for psychologists is really, really high pressure. I heard one statistic that only 40% of people pass it the first time. I've known people who had to take it five or six times. Mm -hmm. So it was my, when it was my head on the block, which is what it felt like, that was kind of the internal experience. I spent a few weeks ahead of time, not just studying, which I did for like a year and a half. That'll tell you about this test. But I meditated while playing one specific piece of music, always the same piece of music, so intensely that to this day, a couple years later, I hear that piece of music and my whole body relaxes without my even having to think about it. Mm -hmm. Such an intense connection between muscle relaxation and that music that by the day of the test, when I felt myself starting to get nervous and second guess myself, I could play the music in my head, no equipment, just I knew the music that well, that I could listen to it in my head, and that it would trigger the muscle relaxation. Mm -hmm. Are you able to apply that in new situations? Yep. From having made that connection for myself just that once, but that intensely, it still works. Even on accident, if I'm listening to the radio or it's playing in the elevator, it'll still work without my consciously making it work. That's a great technique. I, I mm -hmm. so... Relate to what you're saying, again, as, as an athlete uh -huh. uh, and just as someone who is sort of, you know, an aspirational person and I'm uh -huh. achievement-oriented, I'm goal-oriented. Also, because I was single for so many years, um, I get that f concept. Uh -huh. I also I have a funny story not many people know. I was on a game show uh -huh. uh, with a friend of mine. She and I... We entered, we got on, we really got on, we got on the show. And I choked. I, mm -hmm. When the cameras rolled, I was fucking great in the, uh, the, the they do like some pre-game, pre you know, like some warm up, and I was just hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. But when we got onto that stage, 
and we started to play the game. I, it's as if I lost all memory of how this game worked and my, my own, my own ability. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the car driving over there, my friend was, oh my God, she was, we were doing these like, um, these sort of count, uh, you know, testing each lightning other. Round. In the, lightning round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were kind of thinking we were doing ourselves a, a good thing by doing this sort of lightning round in the car on the way over there and fast, fast, fast and answer, answer, answer. And there was a part of me that thought, you know, we probably should not be doing this. We probably should be listening to relaxing music and breathing and getting into sort of the state, the mental state and getting very relaxed and taking the energy down. And I think that would have really helped because Mm -hmm. by the time I stepped onto that stage, I was so hyped up. I was just like, you were vibrating it to be what it was in the car with your friend and it wasn't but i think in your defense uh, the host was a real asshole and he did he, he well that did yeah a real bad job of uh comforting the, the yeah but there's the like you know i really believe in there's a pre-game ritual there's got to mm-hmm. be a pre-game even a pre-date ritual where mm-hmm. you close your eyes you sit you maybe vis- do a little visualization where you see yourself doing the activity and you you know doing it well and effortlessly and easily, and there's some breath work involved. I mean, now I know a little bit more than I did then. Ready to go back on? If this, if I was going to be on a game show tomorrow, I would have, I'd be fully equipped with the skills because mm-hmm. I, I think, and as an athlete, we are taught to train hard, but also you got to build in some rest. You have to build in some, you know, some days. You can't go hard every day. Mm-hmm. You have to take a break. Mm-hmm. That I feel the same way about anything else in life. You'd have to take, you have to bring it down, give your body a, bre- a, a break. As one who knows, I did witness your training for this game show, you and your and your friend. So I, I was we were overtrained. You, I was overtrained, and you didn't give it a break. You were training no, hard. No, we for trained the show. in the car. You trained everywhere. So on the drive over there. But it's a good analogy. I think it's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and you know, who cares if we won or lost? It didn't. It wasn't going to make or break us. You know, it's, but I think it people... Only, your loss only lasts forever. When you, so it's okay. Well, you know, it does you when... Regret. I'm not even going to okay. tell you the name of the show because no, no, people are going to look it up. No, um, it's okay. Robbie, we we did um, TiVo. Did we DVR'd it? Yeah. And but, he, every time he, he yes. threatens to play it for me, it's excruciating. I yeah. cringe. I cringe when I, I watch it. it. I cringe when I think about it. Let's get back to Abe. Okay. Enough about me because, no, that was, you know. That was a great example. That was funny. You said we've all got our tragic choking story. Oh, that was a major choke. That was an epic choke. Amy, one of my favorite expressions is measure twice, cut once. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think we do that enough in life. And we cut twice and measure once. Or, you know, you shoot first, aim second. And I think that, you know, taking a breath when you are ready to speak, whether you are in front of a new date, a potential boss, a client, whatever it is, it doesn't hurt you to take a breath, think about it, get your thoughts straight, and then let them out at that point. I think that people sometimes shoot from the hip too much, and that might cause their mouth to get ahead of their brain. Yeah, well, easy to say now. Okay, but also, Amy, sorry. like planning for something, if you're nervous enough, it can be excruciating by itself. So I think a lot of people put off the planning so they can avoid the anxiety a little bit longer. Well, there's that, too. Mm-hmm. Which, which sometimes can work for you, I think, in a way. Yeah. If you don't think about it, if you don't overthink it, I mean, that's, where, that's what trips me up. Mm-hmm. The overthinking 
and the over-efforting. Mm-hmm. And then... And you're over-anxious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the court, you're like that. And you see what happens. I do see what happens. It doesn't... It's, sometimes it just... It is not a recipe for success. You, and sometimes it works. And because your adrenaline just... Wow, gets you yeah, all over the place. Yes, so... And sometimes it doesn't. Right. So it doesn't work for me there. So I have to... I have to go inside and mentally tell myself, okay, take a breath, slow down, relax. It's just a game. Mm-hmm. I'm always telling you... Take your time with the shots. And yes, you, you have, have more time than you think you, you do. Always have more time. Than That's you another thing. You always have more time. Well, at least, you know, in in sports, there is a there is sort of a pause where you just. It's not a long pause. It's just a breath. You just take a pause. You go okay, and then you proceed. It's like you get your you get your faculties, and then you go right. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what Robbie tells me to do, at least on the tennis court. But in dating terms, I mean, I I. I was there. I get it. You get excited. You're nervous. You don't want to look like an idiot. And you certainly don't want to be rejected. And all of that mm-hmm. leads to, to to choking. So mm-hmm. I am dying to know from you. How do you stop yourself in the moment? What do you tell yourself? Well, one of the things, just to go back to what we said a few minutes ago about music, you know, what's your power playlist? People really underestimate the playlist. Like for a date, what music makes you feel really, really attractive? Mm-hmm. You know, be playing that before the date. Mm-hmm running it in your head during the date if you start to get nervous. But then also, you know, like I said earlier about pleasure, being in the moment, when you start to get nervous, focus, you know, on the taste of your drink, the taste of your food, something else around you that'll give you a minute's pleasure and get you in the moment. And same thing in a game. If you're inside your head listening to all your worries, you're going to be freaking out. If you can make yourself redirect your attention to the world around you, especially something pleasurable about the world around you, then that gets you back on your game. Okay. Going we to are going okay. to a break. Yeah. Oh, I have more so, questions. Okay. okay. Keep that handy and okay. we'll come back and ask Amy as soon as we come back from our next break. So we'll be right back. And we are back. And Amy, what you last said made me realize that life is not comfortable. Life mm-hmm. is not always comfortable. We are going to be put into uncomfortable situations. And we have to think fast. And we have to think on our feet. And we have to come up with something that gets us, that shows that we can deal and shows that we are comfortable in whatever situation we are in, even if we are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for us? Because life is not always comfortable. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest, like I just said, focus on the moment. The inside of your head can mess you up. Of course, you have to have a plan, but when you're thinking of all the things you're nervous about, you know, that's going to contribute to choking. But then if you think, what's the moment? What's the next movement in the game plan? You want a date, you might be so inside your head, you're not even listening to what your date's saying. So they ask you a question. You have no idea how to respond. But if you were in the moment focusing on them, focusing on the sound of your their voice, you'd know what they just said and would have an easier time thinking of a response. So it, it takes a while to get used to. This is not something somebody will be able to do right away, but get themselves in the moment Use kind of the physical world around you, sights, sounds, to get yourself out of your head, out of your anxieties. Hmm. And then, like you said earlier, you know, measure twice, cut once. Have a game plan going in so that you can also focus your mind on your game plan. Yes. I'd also add to that, a coach once said to me, feel your feet, Mm -hmm. which I understood as being just get grounded. Mm -hmm. Don't get ahead of yourself. Just be in your body and be present and 
I mean, easier said than done, but it's, it's something to think about. Okay, so how do you mitigate, you know, we talked about fear of failure. How do you, because that's a huge one, along with rejection and, uh, you know, self-esteem and self-worth, but how do you mitigate your fear of failure when you're in love? Oh, that's a tough one. Honestly, that might just be one of those moments when you have to just keep going. Like Robbie said earlier, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to fear loss. Right. So focus on doing the best you can for that relationship. So you're talking about in love. So this isn't a first date, probably. It's you're already in this relationship. It's going well, and you don't want to lose. Yeah. So refocus. Okay, what's going well? What do I like about this? Focus on doing more of that. You know how if you're driving, wherever you tend to look, the car tends to go? Mm-hmm. Life works the same way. If you're looking at your anxieties, you're looking at your insecurities, they're going to pop right up and mess with you. But if you're looking at that other person, you're looking at an activity you're in, right? then you know, you're know going to kind of stay in your lane and head in the right direction a little bit more. Being in love is a lot of pleasure, too. There's plenty of pleasure to focus on if the relationship is really the right one. Yeah, it's, but, but it's scary. What I'm picking mm-hmm. up, though, honey, in that question is that if you are feeling that maybe your subconscious is telling you you're really not in love that there Mm -hmm. this may not be the love that you are hoping it to be if you are that insecure about it or something about afraid about making the wrong move or choking or saying something that's Mm -hmm. wrong yes maybe your partner is not the person for you great point Mm -hmm. so this is something that we need to recognize. That's a great point because people, why do you think falling in love is so scary? Because you're falling and you you're feel like you are out of control. There is mm-hmm. no ground. You can't feel your feet because there is no, there's no groundedness to it. Right. I am going to absolutely agree with you. It might be that you are with the wrong person. And if that person is making you after so many, whatever, dates, weeks, months, still make you feel that way, then I think there, that's something to look at. Mm-hmm. That's not a true partner for you. If you are feeling this or if your partner is contributing to you feeling like this. Right. There might be insecurities or concerns coming from your own head, but it might genuinely be something that person is doing or saying or not doing or saying that you really need somebody to do. Yeah. Been there. When you're single, yeah, especially when you're single for a really long time, Mm -hmm. um, every date becomes way too important. Mm Mm-hmm just way too important because there's so much on the line and there's so much at stake. And the older you get and the longer you're single, it just sets you up for all kinds of choking and all kinds of insecurity. It's unfortunate, but it, that is, it's just the way it is human. Amy, do you have friends that you recognize choking behavior in? Oh, definitely. Are you able to communicate what you're seeing or feeling somewhat objectively so that they can take it and hear you? I think so. Part of it is just like, accept that you'll never get the fear under control. Like, I think like you said earlier, there are times when you're just going to be fearful, focus on the situation and do what you need to do anyway. Grad school itself is nerve wracking. You have to be on for literally years at a time. Even during vacations, you've got other responsibilities. And every single one of them is either going to be important to some client who's counting on you or important to a grade that'll get you to the next level or an internship that could turn into a job. So, you know, a lot of my friends are people I knew from grad school and we were used to being on point or asleep for months or years at a time. 
and it was really very exhausting. So a lot of it was, as uh, Trevor put it, about being grounded. Mm-hmm. And like I've been saying, what's the next task? What's the next thing you have to get through? I would also add that it's more productive to focus on the process and not mm-hmm. on the... I know this is going to sound maybe counterintuitive mm-hmm. because every, everybody's goal-oriented. Everybody. I said it earlier. I'm goal-oriented. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes keeping your eye on the prize mm-hmm. can make you choke if it's, mm-hmm. if it's just too much too mm-hmm. hyper-focused on the prize, on the goal, on, on the winning, and not as much on the, pr- on the process. Mm-hmm. And I think that also could take the edge off it. I don't know what I was reading. It could be the same article I found you, but maybe mm-hmm. whoever was quoted said, don't visualize, if you're an athlete, visualize yourself, see yourself in, you know, be running relaxed or playing relaxed and watching yourself go through the, the stroke or watching yourself, whatever it is, instead of winning, seeing yourself win. That's too much pressure. Oh, yeah. It's just too And mu- think how that... I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, I was going to say, it's like, it's just too much pressure to think mm-hmm. about uh, where is this relationship going? Is it going to end in marriage? Is he going to propose? Am I going to mm-hmm. finally take the edge off, take the pressure off yourself? Oh, yeah. I actually had an acquaintance, and she was well-intentioned. All she wanted to do was be honest and authentic about where she was at. But every single date she went on, she would tell the guy straight out, I want to get married. That is my goal here. First date. Mm -hmm. And all she wanted to do was just be authentic about where she was at and not play games. But as you can imagine, with throwing that kind of pressure onto the situation first date, she didn't get too many second dates. Right. That's a scary thing for a guy to hear on a first Mm -hmm. date. It's okay to discuss it. It's okay to to talk about your goals and stuff. But when that comes out as strongly as it sounds like it did, Mm -hmm. the guys are going to run. Unless you're on that same page. Mm -hmm. And I don't know many guys that, you know, are going to say, yeah, I want to as well. And hmm, maybe with you, you know, I don't, I don't. Yeah, well. I don't know what she was hoping. And that wouldn't be healthy either if that happened. That would scare the woman. You don't know you want to marry someone on the first date. I mean, maybe you think you do. I don't know if either of you have ever been on a date where you felt like a trophy that the person felt entitled to or a goal that they wanted to achieve. But that's really depersonalizing. It is. Just one more thought on it, because I'm thinking of all kinds of solutions here. I would say to a dater that finds themselves choking under pressure to take your power back, particularly Mm -hmm. if you're a woman. Mm -hmm. Don't give all of your power away. You are as much of a prize. You are the prize. Mm-hmm. You know, let the best man win. I wish I had thought of that. I wish I, you know, remembered that more when I was dating. It probably, uh, it would have saved me a lot of uh, heartache and despair. But that's, look, it's life, as Robbie said. Mm-hmm. Amy, we have to wrap mm-hmm. up our show. We could absolutely go on because. Oh my gosh. And choking how? Choking is a part of it. And uh, we don't want to be Novak Chokovic. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, Amy, how can people find you online? My website is um, audeo, A-U-D-E-O, therapy.com. Audeo is Latin for I dare. Yeah. And that's more, to a certain extent, it's my approach to life, but it's a lot more about my clients and just how much stone cold courage it takes to start therapy. Yes. So true. Mm-hmm. Right on, um, sister. I'm also on Twitter under Audeo Therapy. Okay. I love it. I dare. So, and then um, the private practice is Urban Balance in Chicago. Oh, wonderful. Well, Amy, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And thank you very much for asking me. Thank you. Honey, thank you. I'm done being single. We are done being single. Yes, we Hopefully, are. everyone is too. 
and uh, we will. Oh, I'm be rather back. enjoying it. I'm taking my time. Oh, great. Oh, oh okay. Excellent to know. You're not done being single. That's all right. Maybe too. that's true too. That's our next show. Not being not <laughs> done being single. No, the next show is done being married. No, no. just kidding. Just kidding. No, that's, this is we'll everything is show. lovely. We are. This is how we want everything to uh, end. I'm telling you, we need a th- we need a throw up button after that because it has to follow that a I gag button. Right. All right. <laughs> okay, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next week. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs> <laughs>